Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and we are talking new releases. 2021 is not over, and there are still so many good horror books coming out. So get those pre-orders ready, get that library request in, so you are first in line on release day. You know what to do. As with all new release episodes, this is a solo episode, so it will be just me talking about all these books. And of course, we are starting with August because that is the month that we are in. And because of when this episode is coming out, some of these titles will have already been released. So you can actually go read them right now. Starting off with All's Well by Mona Awad. Miranda Fitch's life is a waking nightmare. The accident that ended her burgeoning acting career left her with excruciating chronic back pain, a failed marriage, and a deepening dependence on painkillers. And now she's on the verge of losing her job as a college theater director. Determined to put on Shakespeare's All's Well That Ends Well, the play that promised and cost her everything, she faces a multinous cast hellbent on staging Macbeth instead. Miranda sees her chance at redemption slip through her fingers. That's when she meets three strange benefactors who have an eerie knowledge of Miranda's past and a tantalizing promise for her future. One where the show goes on, her rebellious students get what's coming to them, and the invisible doubted pain that keeps her from the spotlight is made known. Mona Awad was the same author that wrote Bunny that Tracy talked about in our boarding school episode. And this sounds really good, um, but I will say it definitely sounds like I should be much more well-versed in Shakespeare than I currently am to get all the layers (laughs) that are being presented here. So it's like I want to read it, but then when I'm done, I want to read someone who knows their Shakespeare stuff's like real in-depth review, like explaining all the layers that I absolutely did not get going into this. So if someone can do that, I would love that. Thank you. And next up is The Dead and the Dark by Courtney Gould. The dark has been waiting far too long and it won't stay hidden any longer. Something is wrong in Snakebite, Oregon. Teenagers are disappearing, some turning up dead. The weather isn't normal, and all fingers seem to point to TV's most popular ghost hunters, who have just returned to town. Logan Ortiz Woodley, daughter of TV's Paraspectors, has never been to Snakebite before, but the moment she and her dads arrive, she starts to get the feeling that there's more secrets buried here than they originally let on. Ashley Barton's boyfriend was the first teen to go missing, and she's felt his presence ever since. But now that the Ortiz Woodleys are in town, his ghost is following her, and the only person Ashley can trust is the mysterious Logan. When Ashley and Logan team up to figure out who, or what, is haunting Snakebite, the investigation reveals truths about the town, their families, and themselves that neither of them are ready for. As the danger intensifies, they realize that their growing feelings for each other could be a light in the darkness. This came out August 3rd. I am actually currently reading this one and I am enjoying it. You know, it is just like the synopsis says, like 
you know, outsider coming into small town, weird things start happening. And yes, there is spooky stuff going on, but I would definitely recommend this to someone who wants a little bit of sapphic romance in their horror books. And another book that you can read now is When the Reckoning Comes by LaTanya McQueen. More than a decade ago, Mira fled her small, segregated hometown in the South to forget. With every mile she traveled, she distanced herself from her past, from her best friend Celine, mocked by their town as the only white girl with black friends, from her old neighborhood, from the eerie woodsman plantation rumored to be haunted by the spirits of slaves, from the terrifying memory of a ghost she saw that terrible day when a dare gone wrong almost got Jesse, the boy she secretly loved, arrested for murder. But now, Mira is back in Kipson to attend Celine's wedding at the plantation, which has been transformed into a lush vacation resort. Mira hopes to reconnect with her friends and especially Jesse, to finally tell him the truth about her feelings and the events of that devastating long ago day. But for all its fancy renovations, the woodsman remains a monument to its oppressive racist history. The bar serves antebellum drinks. Entertainments include horrifying reenactments, and the service staff is nearly all black. Yet the darkest elements of the plantation's past have been carefully erased. Rumors that slaves were tortured mercilessly and that ghosts roamed the lands seeking vengeance on the descendants of those who tormented them, which includes most of the wedding guests. As the weekend unfolds, Mira, Jesse, and Selim are forced to acknowledge their history together and to save themselves from what is to come. I actually read this earlier this year through NetGalley. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid supernatural thriller, horror novel. As you can tell from the synopsis, we are definitely dealing with issues of race and privilege and the history of racist institutions. Um, also dealing with the changing nature of friendships into adulthood. And one thing I really liked was its use of like interstitial Greek chorus chapters. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, definitely check it out. And the last August 3rd release I will be talking about is The Woods Are Always Watching by Stephanie Perkins. Bears aren't the only predators in these woods. Best friends Nina and Josie spent high school as outsiders, but at least they had each other. Now, with college and a 2,000-mile separation looming on the horizon, they have one last chance to be together, a three-day hike deep in the woods of the Pisgah National Forest. Simmering tensions lead to a detour off the trail and straight into a waking nightmare, and then into something far worse, something that will test them in horrifying ways. Stephanie Perkins, the best-selling author of There's Someone Inside Your House, returns with a heart-stopping, gut-wrenching novel about friendship, survival, and navigating unmarked paths, even as evil watches from the shadows. A few things. I may have mispronounced uh, the name of that national forest because I have never heard it pronounced before. So you can let me know if I pronounced it okay. Two, I do love a good YA horror story, um, and especially one that centers around female friendship. That is 
at the heart of this, but um, camping and hiking is bad. Um, I feel like if there's one takeaway I've learned from horrors, that just don't go hiking. You know, this never would have happened if you never went hiking. I'm obviously kind of uh, kidding. So don't come for me, outdoorsy people. You can go hiking, go have fun. Just don't make me come. I will say that's our compromise. Just don't make me come with you. Anyway, coming August 17th from Flame Tree Press, we have August's Eyes by Glenn Rolfe. When dreams start bleeding into reality, a social worker is forced to face the mistakes of his past. A serial killer has found a way to make his land of graveyards a sinister playground to be bent at his sadistic will. The secrets behind August's eyes will bring two worlds together and end in a cataclysm of pain and ruin. I am excited about this one. I will say this is currently on my Kindle out from NetGalley. Uh, I do have plans to get to it soon. Hopefully, if everything goes well, before release day. So uh, I have a little bit of time to do that. But I've seen uh, a lot of people I follow on Twitter reading this and enjoying it. So that is August's Eyes by Glenn Rolfe. And also coming out August 17th is Chasing the Boogeyman by Richard Chismar. In the summer of 1988, the mutilated bodies of several missing girls begin to turn up in a small Maryland town. The grisly evidence leads police to the terrifying assumption that a serial killer is on the loose in the quiet suburb. But soon, a rumor begins to spread that the evil stalking local teens is not entirely human. Law enforcement, as well as members of the FBI, are certain that the killer is a living, breathing madman, and he's playing games with them. For a once peaceful community trapped in the depths of paranoia and suspicion, it feels like the nightmare will never end. Recent college graduate Richard Chismar returns to his hometown just as curfew is enacted and a neighborhood watch is formed. In the midst of preparing for his wedding and embarking on a writing career, he soon finds himself thrust into the real-life horror story. Inspired by terrifying events, Richard writes a personal account of the serial killer's reign of terror, unaware that these events will continue to haunt him for years to come. Okay, so this book, for one, sounds absolutely fascinating. But two is a book I think when I get to it, I definitely want to read it as a physical book. I've seen people that have physical, like, you know, advanced copies out. And it just seems like there's a lot of pictures and a lot of extras put in there. As you can tell from the synopsis, it's like a little bit of metafiction and a little bit of like, what is fiction? What is reality? Like what really happened? Uh, so I am excited to read this and then figure out what is real and what is fiction. Uh, so that is Chasing the Boogeyman by Richard Chismar. Coming August 31st from Stephen Graham Jones. My heart is a chainsaw. Some girls just don't know how to die. Shirley Jackson meets Friday the 13th in My Heart is a Chainsaw. Jade Daniels is an angry, half-Indian outcast with an abusive father, an absent mother, and an entire town that wants nothing to do with her. She lives in her own world, a world in which protection comes from an unusual source, horror movies, especially the ones where a masked killer seeks revenge on a world that wronged them. 
And Jade narrates the quirky history of Prufrock as if it is one of those movies. But when blood actually starts to spill into the waters of Indian Lake, she pulls us into her dizzying, encyclopedic mind of blood and masked murders and predicts exactly how the plot will unfold. Yet, even as Jade drags us into her dark fever dream, a surprising and intimate portrait emerges. A portrait of the scared and traumatized little girl beneath the Jason Voorhees mask. Angry, yes, but also a girl who easily cries, fiercely loves, and desperately wants a home. A girl whose feelings are too big for her body. My Heart is a Chainsaw is her story, her homage to horror and revenge and triumph. I don't think I need to tell you how excited I am for this book. I think everyone knows my thoughts on Stephen Graham Jones. The Only Good Indians was my favorite novel last year. I just absolutely love him as an author. And I know he's a really big fan of slasher stories. So reading this synopsis and knowing what he's capable of, I am so excited to dig into it. And also coming August 31st is Red X by David Demchuk. A hunted community, a haunted author, a horror that spans centuries. Men are disappearing from Toronto's gay village. They're the marginalized, the vulnerable, one by one, stalked and vanish. They leave behind small circles of baffled, frightened friends against the shifting backdrop of homophobia throughout the decades, from the HIV-AIDS crisis and riots against raids to gentrification and police brutality. The survivors face inaction from the law and disinterest from society at large. But as the missing grow in number, those left behind begin to realize that whoever or whatever is taking these men has been doing so longer than is humanly possible. Woven into their stories is David Demchuk's own personal history, a life lived in fear and in thrall to horror, a passion that boils over into obsession as he tries to make sense of the relationship between queerness and horror, what it means for gay men to disappear, and how the isolation of the LGBTQ community has left them profoundly exposed to monsters that move easily among them. Fact and fiction collide, and reality begins to unravel. I also read this earlier this year and very much enjoyed it. And it's another one, you know, like I was saying in Chasing the Boogeyman, I think it does a really good job of blending that nonfiction with the fiction. And just this fascinating and heartbreaking story you guys know I absolutely loved Bone Mother by David Dumchuk, and just he's so good at telling these stories and layering them, and I don't even want to say too much. I feel like this is a story you have to go in, you just have to experience it, because there's a lot. I don't want to give anything away. It is like one of those stories where you don't want to say too much, so that's what I'm going to say. Uh, just check it out if it sounds interesting to you. That is Red X by David Dumchuk. And taking a quick break to hear from our sponsor. If you like extreme horror, you'll love Perpetual Dread, a collection by Brian Boyer, 
that well-read beard called the most extreme horror book I have ever read, filled with bloody, bleak, absolute jaw-drop horror that tests your stomach. In the book, a mother's son plots a school massacre while her daughter battles brain cancer. A murdered dog returns to haunt the house in which it died. A woman seeks revenge on her ex-husband through black magic. An assassin falls for a prostitute and attempts to kill her inhuman pimp. These stories and more fill this terrifying collection, 16 tales of horror that will keep you reading long into the night. Ross Jeffrey called Perpetual Dread one of the darkest, most depraved books I have ever read, as hard-hitting as it comes, with every trigger known to man, woman, and child. According to Brad Proctor, the darkness and depravity within these tales is unrelenting. Just when you think it can't get any worse, Boyer twists the knife a little deeper. Perpetual Dread by Brian Boyer, available at Amazon. Thank you for supporting the show. Reminder that that is extreme horror. It is not for everyone, but it is for a lot of people. I actually made a TikTok on extreme horror that like really blew up. Uh, So there you go. And then coming September from Tor Nightfire, we have Certain Dark Things by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Welcome to Mexico City, an oasis in a sea of vampires. Domingo, a lonely garbage collecting street kid, is just trying to survive its heavily policed streets when a jaded vampire on the run swoops into his life. Atul, the descendant of Aztec blood drinkers, is smart, beautiful, and dangerous. Domingo is mesmerized. Atul needs to escape the city, far from the rival narco-vampire clan relentlessly pursuing her. Her plan does not include Domingo, but little by little, Atul finds herself warming up to the scrappy young man and his undeniable charm. As the trail of corpses stretches behind her, local cops and crime bosses both start closing in. Vampires, humans, cops, and criminals collide in the dark streets of Mexico City. Do Atul and Domingo even stand a chance of making it out alive? Or will the city devour them all? I think, if I'm not mistaken, that this is actually a book that Rachel recommended early on in the like vampire episode that we did like way back when we first started the podcast. Um, But the book itself had gone out of print and is now being reprinted through Tor Nightfire and like re-released. So it'll be more accessible to everyone to read. So I definitely will be checking it out. You know, I love Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. You know, I love stories about Mexico and you know, I love vampires. So I feel like this was made for me and also honestly just everything tour night fire does is amazing you will definitely be hearing uh about some more tour night fire books for sure next up is small town monsters by diana rodriguez wallach the conjuring meets the vow this terrifying paperback original tells the unputdownable story of a girl, a dark angel, and the cult hellbent on taking over her small coastal town. Vera Martinez wants nothing more than to escape Roaring Creek and her parents' reputation as demonologists. Not to mention, she's the family outcast, lacking her parents' innate abilities, and is terrified of the occult things lurking in their basement. Maxwell Oliver is supposed to be enjoying the summer before his senior year, spending his days thinking about parties and friends. Instead, he's taking care of his little sister, while his mom slowly becomes someone he doesn't recognize. Soon, he suspects that what he thought was grief over his father's death 
might be something more sinister. When Maxwell and Vera join forces, they come face to face with deeply disturbing true stories of cults, death worship, and the very nature that drives people to evil. This sounds really interesting. Uh, I am intrigued by the conjuring meets the vow comp that was offered at the top. Uh, But also, as I was looking through on this book, it says it's based off Latinx folklore, which, you know, I am always there for. So again, that is Small Town Monsters by Diana Rodriguez Wallach. And coming September 14th, Slewfoot by Brom. A spirited young Englishwoman, Abitha, arrives at a Puritan colony, betrothed to a stranger, only to become quickly widowed when her husband dies under mysterious circumstances. All alone in this pious and patriarchal society, Abitha fights for what little freedom she can grasp onto, while trying to stay true to herself and her past. Enter Slewfoot, a powerful spirit of antiquity, newly woken, and trying to find his own role in the world. Healer or destroyer? Protector or predator? But as the shadows walk and villagers start dying, a new rumor is whispered. Witch. Both Abitha and Slewfoot must swiftly decide who they are and what they must do to survive in a world intent on hanging any who meddle in the dark arts. As someone who is coming down from her Fear Street 1666, hi, um, I'm going to need a copy of this in my hands now. Also, the cover looks fantastic. <laughs> like, I, I need to own this book. Next up is White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. The Haunting of Hill House meets Get Out in this chilling YA psychological thriller and modern take on the classic haunted house story from New York Times bestselling author Tiffany D. Jackson. Marigold is running from ghosts. The phantoms of her old life keep haunting her. But a move with her newly blended family from their small California beach town to the embattled Midwestern city of Cedarville might be the fresh start she needs. Her mom has accepted a new job with the Sterling Foundation that comes with a free house one that Mary now has to share with her bratty 10-year-old stepsister, Piper. The renovated picture-perfect home on Maple Street, sitting between dilapidated houses, surrounded by wary neighbors, has its... secrets. That's only half the problem. Household items vanish, doors open on their own, lights turn off, shadows walk past rooms, voices can be heard in the walls, and there's a foul smell seeping through the vents only Mary seems to notice. Worse, Piper keeps talking about a friend who wants Mary gone. But running from ghosts is just a metaphor, right? As the house closes in, Mary learns that the danger isn't limited to Maple Street. Cedarville has its secrets too. And secrets always find their way through the cracks. Uh, yes, yes, and yes. Just add to cart. (laughs) Love it. So that is White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. Coming September 21st, When Things Get Dark. Stories inspired by Shirley Jackson, edited by Ellen Datlow. 
a collection of new and exclusive short stories inspired by and in tribute to Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson, the seminal writer of horror and mystery fiction whose legacy resonates globally today. Chilling, human, poignant, and strange, her stories have inspired a generation of writers and readers. This anthology, edited by legendary horror editor Ellen Datlow, will bring together today's leading horror writers to offer their own personal tribute to the works of Shirley Jackson. Featuring Joyce Carol Oates, Josh Mallerman, Paul Tremblay, Richard Cadry, Stephen Graham Jones, Elizabeth Hand, Cassandra Kaw, Karen Hewler, Benjamin Percy, John Langan, Laird Barron, M. Rickert, Seanan McGuire, and Genevieve Valentine. Don't even think you understand. I don't even think you understand um, how much I need this book. <laughs> this These book releases are going to kill me. What is my budget anymore? But I absolutely need this. Is this the year of Shirley Jackson? Because earlier this year, we had the that book that was like her her unreleased letters like the letters of shirley jackson and now this oh man so that is when things get dark stories inspired by shirley jackson edited by ellen datlow coming september 21st coming september 28th from christina henry we have horsemen a tale of sleepy hollow everyone in sleepy hollow knows about the horseman but no one really believes in him not even Ben Van Brunt's grandfather, Brombones, who was there when it was said that the horseman chased the upstart crane out of town. Brom says that's just legend. The village gossips talking. 24 years after those storied events, the village is a quiet place. 14-year-old Ben loves to play Sleepy Hollow Boys, reenacting the events Brom once lived through. But then Ben and a friend stumble across the headless body of a child in the woods near the village. And the sinister discovery makes Ben question everything the adults in Sleepy Hollow have ever said. Could the horseman be real after all? Or does something even more sinister stalk the woods? First of all, I cannot believe we are living in a year where we get two Christina Henry books. You bet your bottom dollar I'm reading this one, okay? Absolutely. Do I know like anything about the tale of the Headless Horseman? No. Will that stop me? Also, no. I will read anything Christina Henry writes. She's just one of those authors to me. That is Horseman, A Tale of Sleepy Hollow by Christina Henry. Also coming September 28th from Nightfire is The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. This is the story of a serial killer, a stolen child. Revenge, death, and an ordinary house at the end of an ordinary street. All these things are true, and yet they are all lies. You think you know what's inside the last house on Needless Street. You think you've read this story before. That's where you're wrong. In the dark forest, at the end of Needless Street, lies something buried. But it's not what you think. I read this earlier this year. I had a good time with it. If I could give you a piece of advice going in, it is to go in as blind as you can. Um, I would say like I had some stuff spoiled for me. I still like I still read it. I still enjoyed it. But if that's possible, I would want to like 
I would say try not to spoil yourself for this one. And that is The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. And coming September 28th is Summer Suns by Lee Mandelo. Andrew and Eddie did everything together. Best friends bonded more deeply than brothers until Eddie left Andrew behind to start his graduate program at Vanderbilt. Six months later, only days before Andrew was to join him in Nashville, Eddie dies of an apparent suicide. He leaves Andrew a horrible inheritance, a roommate he doesn't know, friends he never asked for, a gruesome phantom with bleeding wrists that mutters of revenge. Andrew searches for the truth of Eddie's death. He uncovers the lies and secrets left behind by the person he trusted most, discovering a family history soaked in blood and death, whirling between the backstabbing academic world where Eddie spent his days and a circle of hot boys, fast cars, and hot drugs that ruled Eddie's nights. The walls Andrew has built against the world begin to crumble, letting in the phantom that hungers for him. And that is Summer Suns by Lee Mandelo. This episode is brought to you by Libro FM. Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer. You get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99 with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. And now getting into the October books, starting off with Cackle by Rachel Harrison coming out October 5th. A darkly funny, frightening novel about a young woman learning how to take what she wants from a witch who may be too good to be true, from the author of The Return. All her life, Annie has played it nice and safe. After being unceremoniously dumped by her longtime boyfriend, Annie seeks a fresh start. She accepts a teaching position that moves her from Manhattan to a small village upstate. She's stunned by how perfect and picturesque the town is. The people are all friendly and warm, and her new apartment is dreamy too, minus the oddly persistent spider infestation. Then Annie meets Sophie, beautiful, charming, magnetic Sophie, who takes a special interest in Annie, who wants to be her friend. More importantly, she wants Annie to stop apologizing and start living for herself. That's how Sophie lives. And Annie can't help but gravitate towards the self-possessed Sophie, wanting to spend more and more time with her, despite the fact that the rest of the town folks seem a little afraid of her. And like, okay, there are some things. Sophie's appearance is uncanny and ageless. Her mansion in the middle of the woods feels a little 
unearthly, and she does seem to wield a certain power, but she couldn't be. Could she? This sounds absolutely amazing. I mean, I feel like with friends like that, like maybe we all need a old ancient witch friend in our life to just tell us to stop apologizing and start standing up for ourselves. And like, I get it. Honestly, sounds like I would also be friends with Sophie. So I feel like whatever decisions Annie makes, I completely write off on right now. Not having read this book, just from the sounds of it. I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's totally cool. I saw Practical Magic. That is Cackle by Rachel Harrison. Next up from Creature Publishing is The Gold Persimmon by Lindsay Mertbaum. Clytemnestra is a check-in girl at The Gold Persimmon, a temple-like New York City hotel with gilded furnishings and carefully guarded secrets. Cloistered in her own reality, Cly lives by a strict set of rules until a connection with a troubled hotel guest threatens the world she's so carefully constructed. In a parallel reality, an inexplicable fog envelops the city, trapping a young non-binary writer named Jamie in a sex hotel with six other people. As the survivors begin to turn on one another, Jamie must navigate a deadly game of cat and mouse. Haunted by specters of grief and familial shame, Jamie and Cly find themselves trapped in dual narratives in this gripping experimental novel that explores sexuality, surveillance, and the very nature of storytelling. Honestly, this is giving me like gay hotel inception um, with murder, and I'm here for it. So that is The Gold Persimmon by Lindsay Murbaum. Also coming October 5th from Perpetual Motion Machine, we have The Forest by Lisa Quigley. Everyone in Edgewood believes that their annual tithes at the fall festival are what purchase Edgewood safety. But as Faye and her husband prepare to take over as town stewards, a long tradition carried out by her family for generations, they learn the terrible truth. In order to guarantee the town's safety, the forest demands an unthinkable sacrifice. In the midst of everything, Faye is secretly battling paralyzing postpartum anxiety that makes her all the more terrified to leave the safe cocoon of her enchanted town. When everyone turns against her, including her own husband. Faye is forced to flee with her infant son into the forest. She must face whatever lurks there, and perhaps the most frightening of all, the dark torments of her own mind. I am very excited for this, and obviously very excited for Lisa, who has been a previous guest of the show, and is, of course, one of the hosts of the Ladies of the Fright podcast. So, check that out. That is The Forest by Lisa Quigley. Next up, we have This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. A widower battles his grief, rage, and the mysterious evil inhabiting his home smart speaker in this mesmerizing horror thriller from Gus Moreno. It was Vera's idea to buy the Itza. The world's most advanced smart speaker didn't interest Thiango. But Vera thought it would be a bit of fun for them amidst all of the strange occurrences happening in the condo. It made things worse. The cold spots and scratching in the walls were weird enough, but peculiar packages started showing up at the house. Who ordered industrial lie? Then there was the eerie music at odd hours. Thiago waking up to Itza projecting light shows in an empty room. It was funny and strange right up until Vera was killed. 
and Thiago's worlds became unbearable. Pundits and politicians all looking to turn his wife's death into a symbol for their own agendas. A barrage of texts from her well-meaning friends about letting go and moving on. Waking to the sound of Itza talking softly to someone in the living room. The only thing left to do was to get as far away from Chicago. Away from everything and everyone. The secluded cabin in Colorado sounded like the perfect place to hole up with his crushing grief. But soon, Thiago realized there is no escape. Not from his guilt. Not from his simmering rage. And not from the evil hunting him. Feeding on his grief. Determined to make its way into the world. A bold, original horror novel about grief, loneliness, and the oppressive intimacy of technology. This thing between us marks the arrival of a spectacular new talent. I am very interested in this for many reasons, and one of them is definitely, like, we are getting Alexa horror. It just sounds like, emotionally, there's a lot of layers going on here, and I am very excited to check this out. So that is This Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. Next up, we have The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. Practical, unassuming, Jane Shoringfield has done the calculations and decided that the most secure path forward is this. A husband, in a marriage of convenience, who will allow her to remain independent and occupied with meaningful work. Her first choice, the dashing but reclusive Dr. Augustine Lawrence, agrees to her proposal, with only one condition that she must never visit Lindridge Hall, his family's crumbling manor outside of town. Yet on their wedding night, an accident strands her at his door in a pitch black rainstorm and she finds him changed. Gone is the bold, courageous surgeon and in his place is a terrified, paranoid man, one who cannot tell reality from nightmare and fears Jane is an apparition come to haunt him. By morning, Augustine is himself again. But she knows something is deeply wrong at Lindridge Hall. And with the man she has so hastily bound her safety to. Set in a dark mirror version of post-war England, Starling crafts a new kind of gothic horror. From the bones of the beloved canon, this Crimson Peak-inspired story assembles, then upends every expectation set in place by Shirley Jackson and Rebecca, and will leave readers shaken and desperate to begin again as soon as they are finished. That synopsis said so many things, and just honestly, all of them are right. Um, I have a physical uh, advanced reader copy of it, and now I am so beyond excited <laughs> to dig into it. I really liked The Luminous Dead and so excited for this. That is The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. On October 19th, we have Nothing But Blackened Teeth by Cassandra Ka. A Hayan-era mansion stands abandoned, its foundations resting on the bones of a bride, and its walls packed with the remains of the girls sacrificed to keep her company. It's the perfect wedding venue for a group of thrill-seeking friends. But a night of food, drinks, and games quickly spirals into nightmare, for lurking in the shadow is the ghost bride with a black smile and a hungry heart. And she gets lonely down there, in the dirt. First of all, the cover for this book is amazing. Like, I want just a print of it to put on my wall. 
that is how pretty it is. I read this earlier this year and let me tell you, the writing in this was gorgeous. There are sentences where she is describing just like the floor, but the prose in it is so beautiful. I wanted to underline it. Just absolutely loved it. That is Nothing But Blackened Teeth by Cassandra Ka. We have Comfort Me with Apples by Catherine M. Valente. Sophia was made for him, her perfect husband. She can feel it in her bones. He is perfect. Their home together in Arcadia Gardens is perfect. Everything is perfect. It's just that he's away so much, so often. He works so hard. She misses him, and he misses her. She says he does, so it must be true. He is the perfect husband, and everything is perfect. But sometimes Sophia wonders about things, strange things, dark things. The look on her husband's face when he comes back from a long business trip. The questions he will not answer. The locked basement she's never allowed to enter. And whenever she asks the neighbors, they can't quite meet her gaze. But everything is perfect. Isn't it? Okay, so I, I don't know what's going on, but I I need to know. I need to know now. Also, I've seen like exciting good reviews uh, from people that I trust on book Twitter. So I am very excited for this. That is Comfort Me with Apples by Catherine M. Valente. Coming November 9th, we have The Hidden by Melanie Golding. One dark December night in a small seaside town, a little girl is found abandoned. When her mother finally arrives, authorities release the pair, believing it to be an innocent case of a toddler running off. Gregor, a seemingly single man, is found bludgeoned and left for dead in his apartment. But the discovery of children's toys raises more questions than answers. Every night, Ruby gazes into Gregor's apartment, leading to the discovery of his secret family, his unusually silent daughter, and his mentally unstable wife Constance, who insists that she is descended from the mythological Selkies. She begs Ruby to aid in finding the sealskin that Gregor has hidden from her, making it impossible to return to her people. DS, Joanna Harper's investigation into Gregor's assault, leads her to CCTV footage of the mother-daughter pair from town. Harper realizes she knows the woman almost as well as she knows herself. It's her estranged daughter, Ruby, no matter the deaths of Ruby's involvement. She knows she will choose her daughter over her career. Okay, so again, there is a lot uh, going on here, but I also need to know uh, what is happening. Like, the, there's a lot that has been presented to me, and I would like to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> that sounds really good. Uh, so that is The Hidden by Melanie Golding. And then um, the only one I have down for December but I am very excited about is the Valancourt book of world horror stories volume two. It was my favorite anthology of last year. I 
read so many stories from all around the world from authors I, you know, had never heard of, had never read previous works by, you know, a lot of them were translated into English for the first time, and we are getting just a whole nother edition of that. So I am very excited to have a copy of that when it comes out. So those are my anticipated new releases for the rest of the year. Please comment and let me know which books you are most looking forward to this year. And with all my new releases episodes, a big thanks to The Dark Piano for letting me use the music. I really feel like it adds a little more than, uh, you know, just me reading synopsis. So thank you again for that um chilling obsession wise i haven't been on this end of it for a while and it took me a bit to get through all the movies but i just finished all of the fear street movies and i'm really glad i finished them all because i will admit that when i finished 1994 it was very much a solid three star movie for me like i enjoyed it but i was kind of like lukewarm like on it but now having seen the whole trilogy I just feel like as a whole trilogy it works so well together and then everything in 1666 just adds so much more to how I look back and view 1994 and also 1978 so I would say I enjoyed all of it I liked the lore I liked the storytelling I liked the characters I liked the soundtrack with the caveat that I, I put this on Instagram, like when I made this post on my stories, I was three um, in 1994. So I don't have a lot of strong opinions about <laughs> the anachronisms in the music. Like this definitely wasn't out in 1994. Like it doesn't work as a soundtrack. None of that really bothered me. Um, I thought they were atmospheric and fun, and we've been seeing, I feel like, a big rise in slasher stories that I'm really excited for, and I know um, also on my episode with Zeno, we talked about the upcoming I Know What You Did Last Summer series that's coming out in October on Prime, and just like so many, so many things I'm really excited about, so I am excited for this slasher resurgence. But, you know, thank you to all of you who listen to the show. If you would like to support the show, there are actually a few ways to do that. One of those ways is to support the show on Patreon. There are all kinds of perks there at each level. There's a one, three, and a $5 level. And perks range from like early episode releases to, you know, getting bonus episodes, movie nights, Voxer chats, like all kinds of things. So check that out if that's something you're interested in. Also, we have an Amazon link. You can find that in the show notes. You click the link. It just takes you to Amazon. You would just do whatever normal Amazon shopping you would do. And a little bit of that goes towards helping the show. So thank you to all of you that use the link regularly. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you would like to support the show without spending any money, that is totally possible. One way to do that is to talk about the show on social media. Little things like that really help small indie shows like this. Um, also, leaving a review on something like Apple Podcasts is very helpful. It helps the show gain more visibility. It helps us rank 
higher in the Apple charts, which is also like another big way um, to gain more visibility. So thank you to all of you who have taken the time to do that. I very much appreciate it. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash books in the freezer. And we're on TikTok at books in the freezer you can also send us an email at books in the freezer at gmail.com i'm stephanie you can find me on twitter at lady underscore ganya that's l-a-d-y underscore g-h-e-n-o-n and on instagram at that's what she read and that's that's with two a's so thank you so much for listening and see you next time on books in the freezer (laughs) 